1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Watanabe there with Eubanks to block Shorich. Durant down the lane, gets the roll. Phoenix cuts it to two. Kevin Durant now with 18 points, 88-86 Golden State. We've got man coverage, they alert it. Get people crossing. Gonna be a keep. It's gonna be all the way to the end zone for Josh Allen. Spencer Brown, the right tackle, just blew open a hole. And actually tackle the football. Mayfield. That's a Buccaneer touchdown. Craig, what did you say to the guys after the game? Because I know there's a lot of uncertainty heading into this offseason. And- Look, it's we're disappointed. I mean, you, these, these chances are sacred. They're for players that you get this window to have a great month of October, and so it hurts for it to be over. I think this was a great team, and I, and I think I told the guys, I said, you know, as you move forward in your careers, you should want to create teams like this. You should use your leadership to create an atmosphere like this. Sliding that protection to the right. It's Tannehill throwing right for Hopkins. And it's right on the money inside the Cincinnati 40. DeAndre Hopkins with his first impact play of the day. 38 yards. It's Pat Jones and now third down and seven as a result. Delay a game. Purdy steps in. Ayuk. Perfect throw is Ayuk and Purdy connect for 25. Dial 602 260 1060. That's 602 260 1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM 1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM 1060. Welcome to the Thursday, October 26th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD 2 100.7, the Sun, should Kevin Durant have a say in personnel decisions? Uh, Bills and Bucks, who you got tonight? ATS again, uh, that game's in Buffalo. That game has moved in, you know, considerably, in my opinion, uh, up to nine, nine and a half in the last two hours. I'm not sure if there's a thing. I haven't seen anything about Baker Mayfield's availability being which is somewhat somewhat in question yesterday. But uh, yeah, big move this morning on that game. So that's uh, something we'll try to monitor over the next three hours. Craig Council would he be a good fit with the Mets? DeAndre Hopkins should contending teams be interested? Brock Purdy, how valuable is he? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction to today's pipeline. 9.15 or so, a Thursday night football preview. We'll cover the Bills side of things with Matt Perino of nyup.com. 9.30, interactive action, 602-260-1060, and also the local roundup. Then in the final segment of the sports zone will be the national roundup, topped by a uh, Diamondbacks and uh, Rangers World Series update. And then after the sports zone from 10 to noon, it's the extra point hosted by Kalo. That will include more phone call time. 
at 602-260-1060. Right now onto the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the call, uh, the KDUS poll question, trick question on me. The uh, KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, should Kevin Durant have a say in Suns personnel decisions? And Corey is here and has the early returns. Right now, 100% on no on KDUS1060.com. Ooh, okay. Uh, he was traded to the Suns on February the 9th of this year, uh, and he said that he wants to uh, be included in, before roster moves are made. So that was interesting to me. I think I might agree with the listeners, not up to 100%. I mean, I think I can make a case for their side, I guess, sort of, maybe, possibly. All right, today's Twitter poll question who you got tonight in Buffalo? And we wrote this question or put this uh, put the uh, poll question up. It was uh, the Bills an eight and a half point favorite, so we're going to stick with that. Bills uh, minus eight and a half for Buccaneers plus eight and a half. And Corey, what do we have here? Leading right now, Bucks plus eight and a half, fifty-seven point one percent of the vote. Bills minus eight and a half at forty-two point nine percent on KDUSAM ten sixty on Twitter. Just to repeat from a couple of moments ago, if you're just tuning in, uh, this line has moved to nine, nine and a half at several worldwide locations in the last couple of hours or so. The Bills have also dropped to four and three after losses the last three weeks to the Jags and the Patriots. And in between that, remember, it was the win, quote unquote, over the lowly Giants in Buffalo that game. Uh, the Buccaneers are 3-3. Three and three. They've scored a total of 19 points in consecutive home losses to the Lions and the Falcons. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, Craig Council was a Diamondbacks player uh, in their other World Series champion you know, appearance, I should say, at this point. They haven't won the championship yet this year. Uh, their other World Series appearance. Uh, Council not expected to remain as the Brewers manager. That's speculation on my part, but his contract is up. And he reportedly will interview for the Mets managerial job. Uh, so, would the Mets and Craig Council be a good fit? DeAndre Hopkins might be moving on. Hopkins is being mentioned in trade rumors less than one week before next Tuesday's deadline. Should NFL contending teams be interested in trading for DeAndre Hopkins? The 49ers Brock, Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol. Uh, after news of Purdy's condition, the line in this game yesterday, San Francisco and Cincinnati on Sunday, that game moved from five and a half to three point favorites. So is Brock Purdy worth a two and a half point uh, spread move? Uh, it would be Sam Darnold as the starting quarterback on Sunday for San Francisco. If and likely win, Purdy does not start that game. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We've got these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational one-hour radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Oh. 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 
Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by a Bills-Buccaneers Thursday night football preview, the latest on the Bills. Lots going on, unfortunately, for the most part. The key injuries on the defensive side especially. Uh, Matt Perino scheduled to join us from nyup.com. And uh, we'll get the latest on that. Obviously, dive into tonight's game and some of the key matchups against the Buccaneers. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060, and kind of a potpourri of things from the local roundup. Suns game two tonight at L.A. against the Lakers, and Devin Booker and also Bradley Beal are doubtful for tonight's game because of injuries. We'll get into that a little more at the bottom of the hour segment, uh, time pending. Uh, you're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. Gottlieb Show, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. Your home, the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m., the four and three Bills up to nine and a half point favorites in some locations in tonight's home game against the three and three Buccaneers. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sportsman by Matt Perino of nyup.com, also Syracuse.com. What's the best, you know, which of those two do you prefer or do the, your bosses prefer? <laughs> <laughs> They're all into the same window, so any any which one okay. that you want to use is uh, it's fine. Okay, I just wanted to make sure there wasn't like a preference or top billing or however that goes. All right, uh, the Bills are staggering into the night's game. You know, the two losses in the last three games, and the win was a close one in Buffalo, obviously, that Sunday night game against the Giants. Matt, you, you witnessed all of this. How would you describe the Bills You know, in you know, to begin the season here? Um, disjointed. I mean, they're, they're really talented football team with you know continuity that I think a lot of teams across the league would would kill for but at times they don't they don't look like that they, they look like they're they're searching for answers that, that things look hard on offense they're dealing with just a myriad of injury issues on the defensive side of the ball and um, you know at their peak this season against the Dolphins in week four you know the shiny new toy of the NFL they absolutely look like the Super Bowl contender I thought they were going into the season and then you see them struggle against the likes of the Giants and then uh, a New England Patriots team that was just ready to get taken behind the woodshed. And, and that maybe the Bill Belichick era ended emphatically, and, and now he's got some new life, and, and we'll see how long that lasts. Um, but it's just a team that is is looking for somebody to step up and, and kind of take over, and, and usually that's Josh Allen. And uh, he's been very critical of himself the last couple uh, of weeks, the last couple of times we've talked to him. He's got to be better and going through some mindset kind of recalibration where since the Jets game to open the season where he was just erratic and made a lot of really bad mistakes, he's adopted this new mindset that he calls low positive where he's trying to keep himself as low as possible so that he can operate and think. But then he comes out and says, well, maybe i got to think a little bit less and just play football. So, I don't know. They're, they're, they're kind of spinning their wheels at the moment. I was going to ask about Allen next. Certainly, statistically, he's been up and down. 
you know, what specifically does he need to be more consistent at on the field? You know, I think a lot of it last week was just like protection issues, like setting the protection, seeing what the defense is doing pre-snap, getting the ball out of his hands. You know, he's this unicorn of a quarterback that it's like, it's not always a bad thing when he's not getting back to the end of his drop and getting the ball out because a lot of his magic magic happens, you know, in improvisation. And this last week, that wasn't the case. There was times when he was going back and there were options open for him and he just wasn't taking them. So I think he's got to simplify things a little bit more. I think maybe he's got to start running a little bit more. Uh, if Ken Dorsey, he's on, he's on um, pace. I think it's something like 65 or 70 carries, which would be the first time under 100 since his rookie season. And so mm-hmm. they've obviously tried to alter how he plays the position. Uh, when he's been at his best is when he doesn't have to think too much, when they're running no huddle, when they're going up tempo. Uh, he's, they've done it four times in the last three games, and they've scored touchdowns on all four of those drives. So I wonder if, the, if Ken Dorsey doesn't try to implement some of that this week. We'll see. I was going to ask about Dorsey next, in fact. You know, obviously, an offensive coordinator. Do you think he's actually put Allen in the best position to succeed so far this season? Um, it's a good question. I think it's a hard one to answer only because I don't know who's necessarily pulling the strings and how Josh Allen is positioned. You know, you have a, a defensive-minded head coach that said this week that he's trying to make sure that all three phases of the game run the way that he wants them to be run. And so is this a a Sean McDermott deal where he doesn't want him to run as much? And he's been on record saying that it's not um, a healthy way to play quarterback when you're putting your body in jeopardy as much as Josh Allen has in the past. But I'd make a counter-argument to that that it's part of what makes him special, and I think there's a way to still be a threat running the ball and just being smart with the decisions that you make. Maybe instead of an eight-yard run, you take a – six-yard run and you slide or you get out of bounds and those are the things he's just got to be better at taking that out of his game completely is going to change the player that he is um it, in terms of like guys being open and the run pass balance and, and stuff like that i think ken dorsey's been fine for the most part they're still a number four dvoa offense in the nfl so they're, they're doing something right i just think it comes down to you know leaning into what you're good good at and letting your players you know, play a little bit faster maybe. They're, they're doing a lot of thinking. It's a really complicated scheme. Uh, and we've talked a little bit the last couple of weeks about simplifying things. So maybe that's the ticket. The offensive line, uh, we talked in the preseason uh, you know, about the offensive line and there, there you know, a few questions at least at that point. How would you critique the offensive line at this point? I think it's been a, a, a bit of a bright spot for them in terms of pass protection. You get the kid that they signed from Dallas, Connor McGovern, he's he's been a, a massive, massive upgrade at left guard over Roger Saffel from a year ago. And then Osiris Torrance, the rookie right guard, he's played like the best guard in the draft through through seven weeks. Now, I thought last week was probably his worst game. Uh, but, you know, you're going to expect games like that for rookie players. Uh, we'll see how he responds on a short week against a really good defensive front for Tampa. See if Vita Vea can play. Um but I think overall, you, you've got to be really happy with what you're getting out of the offensive line as a whole. I think Deion Dawkins has had a monster bounce-back year after a down year last season. And the one question mark, of, if I'm looking ahead, and not only just within this season, but beyond this season, Mitch Morris is looking like maybe that 
the page is starting to turn there. You should think about turning the page there after this season. Um, I thought he was their worst pass blocker against the, the Patriots. And for a center that you're a franchise center that you're paying $10 million to, that can't be the case. Matt Perino, currently in the sports zone, looking at the Bills heading into the night's game against the Jags. Dawson Knox is out tonight because of injury. How might that change the scheme, which has had you know, certainly some uh, two tight end sets with Knox and also rookie Dalton Kincaid to this point? Interestingly enough, despite the, the, the heavy push into 12 personnel this season with the two tight ends, they've run better out of 11 personnel, which you, know, you probably think, hmm. All right, two tight ends come off the field. One tight end, you're not going to run. And when the Bills have run, they've been successful. So I don't think the run game is going to be impacted too much, although Dawson Knox is a considerably better blocker than Dalton Kincaid uh, as a rookie. But they didn't draft Dalton Kincaid to, to run block. They, they drafted him to replace what they lost in Cole Beasley a couple of years ago, the, the peak of Cole Beasley. I'm not talking about the end of it. I'm talking about what he did for this offense in 2019 and 2020 that they haven't been able to replicate since. Uh, having success in the middle of the field, being able to get separation early in your route, that's some of the stuff that we've seen from Dalton Kincaid. He's been a really – he was a, a security blanket for, for Josh Allen last week uh, and really helped kickstart things in the second half when they did finally start having some success. So um, I, I'm interested to see what Kincaid looks like in maybe like 80 or 90% of the snaps, uh, maybe even more. Uh, and, and what that potentially looks like. Knox being sidelined, does that mean more touches for Gabe Davis and maybe even James Cook to that extent? Um, I, I'm advocating for less touches for Gabe Davis and, and, and maybe not so much less touches but less snaps. They rely on him so heavily as a run blocker that he ends up playing more snaps every week than Stephon Diggs. And you went out and you, you signed Deontay Hardy this offseason – and I, I don't think that they've used him, him enough. When he's been targeted, he's been really electric. He's made a couple big-time plays, some sef, second efforts that's gotten him some run after the catch. So uh, he's a guy that I'm looking at. And James Cook, I think they just have to lean into him a little bit more. You know, Sean McDermott, he's just got this aversion to playing young players and, and giving them big roles. Latavius Murray, 33 years old, he's just trying to shoehorn him into to a, a, probably a larger role than he should have at this stage in his career. I think they need to lean into Cook a little bit more. He can do things in the past in the run game. He had a receiving touchdown last week. Uh, more Cook, the better, I think. Buccaneers uh, head coach Todd Bowles has been heavy blitz, uh, really even since his days as the Cardinals defensive coordinator. How the Bills' offensive line, how's that group handled the blitz, and how's Josh Allen handled the blitz so far this year? Going into last week, they were really good, um, but uh, that, that kind of blew up uh, against the Patriots, and it was questionable because they were down. Matthew Judon's all for the year. Um, Josh Uche, uh, Keon White, the rookie, both didn't play. So they were really like just dealing with some depth guys on the edge. Christian Barmore their former first-round pick, he was electric. Like, he was a game-wrecker in there. He had a, he, he really put the Bills in a lot of bad spots. And, and I think had Josh Allen thinking back there with the pressure coming up the middle. So, yeah, you turn the, the page to the Bucks, and I already mentioned their front, but you're right. Like, they, they, they do send a lot of blitzes. I think Levante David has been a great blister. They have some secondary pieces, Antoine Winfield. Uh, Bills fans are familiar with his father and how good of a blitzer yeah. he was. I think Winfield might be better. Uh, so, 
Yeah, I, I think that they're, this is another test. We're going to get a really good idea with this two-game sample size of, of where this Bills offensive line's at. Okay, let's flip this to the defense. I've not forgotten about the defense. Uh, obviously, the season-ending injuries to Tredavious White and Matt Milano obviously are significant. Uh, how does the uh, – how does this how does the scheme change without those guys and how are they trying to compensate without them i feel like you know i don't necessarily know if the numbers are dramatically higher in terms of blitzing since they've been out um but they're trending in that way i mean i think sean has to be a little bit more aggressive um because the the one that you didn't mention there daquan jones their defensive tackle yeah, he was sixth in NFL in pass rush win rate when he suffered what is believed to be a season-ending pec injury, and I think that play in the middle with him and Ed Oliver and what they were doing and creating really opened things up and and helped guys like Matt Milano and Terrell Bernard, their young middle linebacker. But Avius White, a good player, I don't think he's ever really gotten back to the version of the player that he was before the injury. Uh, he was trending in a good direction. Um, and I think more than anything, their, their depth now is tested at that spot. And they have Dane Jackson back there. They have Christian Benford, two, a sixth and a seventh round pick a couple of years ago. And they're both keeping last year's first round pick, Kyer Elam, on the bench, which is, uh, continues to be quite the storyline with this defense. Uh, but on their defensive line, I mean, Ed Oliver's been be- dealing with a uh, foot injury. If he's not 100% or you know, in a worst-case scenario, not able to go tonight, he's questionable. Uh, the Bills are going to be in for a really tough spot. So this is a Bucks offensive line that is, re- is really good, one of the best in the league, especially at left tackle. And then Baker Mayfield has not been bad. He's been pretty solid, um, and they haven't been able to score a lot of points, but the Bills have given up a lot of points to, as recently as last week, the Patriots, who weren't scoring a lot of points before they played the Bills. Trade deadline is next Tuesday. Might they get involved in that, especially, I guess, on the defensive side? Yeah, I, I think they're going to get involved. And in my my gut feeling is they they go offense. Like, whether it be hmm. a wide receiver, um, some – I don't know internally if there's a feeling that they need more there or if they have enough guys – on the roster, I mean, Trent Sherfield, they shine from Miami. They barely use him in the passing game. Uh, they like this young kid, Khalil Shakir, in his second year. Um, but also running back. Like, they love James Cook, but he's a specific kind of running back. He's not a physical in-between-the-tackles, going to make, you know, have guys bounce off of him. And I know Derrick Henry can be had. So I'm wondering, for a team that sniffed around uh, on Christian McCaffrey last year, is it, if they don't, take a run at a guy like Derrick Henry, or maybe even in Tennessee with DeAndre Hopkins. They flirted with that idea this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that could be a kind of big move uh, to make, too. Okay, back to tonight and uh, back to the defense. Uh, you know, they Tampa Bay doesn't offer much of a running game, but uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are certainly a challenge for any defense. How might they try to match up with those two guys? Yeah, I think it's going to be they're going to lean into their zone team and um, I don't think they're going to ask any of their guys to kind of line up with these uh, receivers one-on-one in, in, in any kind of extensive man man coverage. They don't play a lot of man in general. So I feel like they're going to try to get to the ball and tackle, and tackling has been an issue. It's the reason why the last couple of games, Dorian Williams, the rookie out of Tulane, playing for Matt Milano at linebacker, 
has been removed from the game for a former UDFA and Tyrell Dobson because of some tackling issues. So they have to tackle, and both those guys are physical uh, wide receivers, so that'll be an interesting matchup to watch. Talking Bills with Matt Perino. Um, okay, so when the inactive list is announced, you mentioned a few guys are questionable here. When it's announced 90 minutes before the game tonight, what are you and who, what are you most interested in when that list comes out? Ed Oliver, uh, without a doubt. I'm also interested to see, um, you know, if Vita Vea can't play, if you watch their defensive line, I, I think that that's a huge benefit for the Bills because, you know, that's where so much of the problems occurred a week or four days ago. And, and so if I'm the box, I'm trying to really lean into that against this offense to try to keep them, uh, you know, trying to figure it out, if you will. So uh, those are the two players. I mean, I'm probably sticking on the defensive line. Uh, there's not a lot of other kind of unknowns. I think we have a, a general idea of who's playing in this game. Okay. So what else should we look for tonight? Um, can this offense get going? I mean – it's crazy to me looking at some of the advanced numbers. You know, even if we don't go advanced, let's just talk about the completion percentage for, for Josh Allen. It's hovered around 70 all season long. This was something coming into the league that if you would have told people that he'd be there and, and, and kind of in the top 10 in touchdowns and all that kind of stuff, and this offense would be struggling the way that it has, I think people would have been surprised at that. And also what we should be looking for if the Bills lose this game. And they go to 4-4, four and four, and they lose to a Tampa Bay Bucks team, and they almost lost to a Giants team. And This is the easy part of their schedule. Yep. How much pressure is going to get ratcheted up on Sean McDermott? And do we get to a point this season where his seat does get a little hot? I don't think it is right now. Uh, I, I, I didn't really buy into any of that in the offseason just because of his relationship with the ownership group, the success they've had in his tenure. But, man, the more this season goes off the rails, the more, you know, I feel like that narrative is going to pick up. Okay, so bottom line here, I mentioned when we started, uh, the Bills have moved up to nine, nine-and-a-half-point favorites in some locations. you have a predicted score for tonight? I do. I got the Bucks winning, 27-24. Um, just too much I have not liked about the mojo, the overarching – um, vibes that we're getting inside the building. I mean, Josh, Sean, Josh Allen's press conference a couple of days ago was just strange. Uh, he just low energy. But one of the big topics is kept talking about, like, when are you guys going to have start having fun again? And, you know, it's, it doesn't feel like a very energetic, confident place right now. So until they prove it and get back on uh, the winning side, I'm going to lean uh, the Bucks here tonight just because, you know, they got a good defense. They, they've turned the ball over a little bit, and uh, I think they can keep it close. And, you know, I, I think the Bills probably should have lost that Giants game if uh, that pass interference call is made mm-hmm. and, and they get to maybe run one more in. You know, you mentioned that I didn't see his last press conference. But I saw some of the post-game press conference on Sunday with Allen. I thought that was strange. It was Did I look at that incorrectly? <laughs> no. I mean, it was. it's just been a odd – season for him i mean to go from the 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 hysteria of the madden cover in the off season to you know the whole drama with his breakup with longtime girlfriend and now he's dating um an actress and uh very much in the public eye and it's just been a strange weird season for him and 
he came in, and, and not to mention the backdrop of this whole Stefan Diggs offseason drama and his role yeah. in it. And we n- never really got any answers for any of it. They love keeping everything in house there. There's just a lot of strange stuff going on with this team, and um, we'll see if they can kind of get the, the ship righted because I. That's the crazy thing about the NFL. You're one just great performance away from erasing a lot of the narratives that have been yeah. kind of fancied about. That would be true. Matt, good stuff as always. We appreciate it. Have fun tonight. Thanks. All right, man. Take care. Matt Perino, nyup.com, syracuse.com. And uh, I learned uh, a fountain of information there. I was not aware of the uh, off-the-field female situation with uh, – uh, with uh, you know, with, you know, basically with Mr. Allen there, but a uh, little info there, some uh, you know, TMZ, you know, National Enquirer type of things, because those are the only two things that I can really kind of cite. You know, National Enquirer from way back in the day, and uh, TMZ because I guess that's kind of current in the day. All right, not that I watch the TMZ show. That's on like every night, right? There's a show here locally, the TMZ update every day. Okay, we move on. Because I probably have gone too far here. Next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060, and also today's local roundup. Time pending, that will include a brief uh, Diamondbacks and Rangers uh, World Series update. By the way, tomorrow, uh, in the segment we just concluded around 9.15, uh, we will get the Rangers side of the uh, matchup. Heading into the World Series starts tomorrow night, obviously, in Texas. And uh, we'll uh, talk with Jeff Wilson. Uh, and uh, you know, talked to him many times over the years, plural, uh, regarding the Rangers, and uh, with the latest uh, from his viewpoint heading into the uh, hopefully seven games. Well, if you're you know, seven games or less series, I'm a, as a baseball fan, I'm always rooting for seven game series. But certainly, we're pulling for the local team here, so this is maybe a little bit. Hopefully, it's exciting and a lot of drama. Let's put it that way. That's good for radio. Speaking of that. Stay tuned. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. If you want to get in this segment, we got time and room, but you got to hustle up. 602-260-1060. Everybody should do some hustling in their life. Uh, in my humble and my hopefully accurate opinion, uh, but uh, 602-260-1060. All right, today's local roundup, the Diamondbacks, not surprisingly, are heavy underdogs in the World Series against the Rangers, which begins Friday in Arlington. Arizona, anywhere from 8.5 to 9.5 to 1 underdogs, I should say. 8.5 to 9.5 to 1 underdogs. Uh, Today, by the way, is officially media day uh, for the World Series. Both teams meeting with the media. And um, I'm sure we'll have some comments about that tomorrow or hopefully somebody says something that catches my attention that I think is worth mentioning tomorrow. Uh, Game one Friday, 5.03, first pitch on Fox. All the games are on Fox from here on out. Zach Gallon and Nathan Nivaldi, the scheduled starting pitchers. Arizona, I mentioned, I should have mentioned this yesterday, but I did, we had a lot going on yesterday, and you know, we're still the uh, aftermath of the Game 7 victory. But they became the sixth team ever to lose the first two road games and win a seven-game playoff series in the major leagues. The other teams were 2004, the Red Sox, the infamous, you know, they were down 3-0. 
Uh, they defeated the uh, Yankees in seven games. 1985, the Cardinals defeated the Dodgers in six games. 1981, the Dodgers defeated the Yankees in six games. 1978, the Yankees defeated the Dodgers in six games. And in 1971, the Pirates defeated the Orioles in seven games. Also, the Diamondbacks' bullpen is uh, you know, actually uh, you know, it's been unbelievable, as we know, in the postseason. But this goes back to September the 5th. I stole these numbers from the Diamondbacks. Uh, you know, the uh, media department. Uh, the Diamondbacks have an earned run average, uh, the bullpen does, of 3.21, 39 earned, run, 39 earned runs, excuse me, you know, 39 earned runs, that's right, in 151 and two-thirds innings. And Diamondbacks relief pitchers also have now allowed one run or no runs in 13 of their last 18 games going back to the end of the regular, regular season. All right, bound to the phone lines we go. Matt and Phoenix, what's going on, Matt? Bob, how you doing? I'm hanging in there. Good, good. Since I'll be on a plane tomorrow, um, on my way to uh, get signals for now both Brett Venables and uh, Jim Harbaugh. Um, well, there you go. Texas. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. You're going to Austin. That's a fun. I, I, I haven't been there for. I was there in the '95, '96. That was like one okay. of the most fun two or three days ever. I was still young and thought I was. I uh, could party a little back in those days too. That helped. <laughs> well, I think that too. So we're going to see how that ends. But um, I've heard nothing but good things about Austin. It um, was very fun. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to it. As far as the Diamondbacks Rangers series, I'd like to give my official prediction that I have no idea. Um, okay. <laughs> I am contemplating the magic of one Bruce Bochy versus the, uh, what I think is, especially with the way they're pitching, a significant bullpen advantage for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Um, if I had any confidence in Zach Gallen, I would pick the Diamondbacks to win this series, but I'm not sure I do. Um, do you have any lean or have any idea what's going to happen in this World Series? I really don't, but I think the only way, if you're going to bet it, I think the only way you could bet it is to take the Diamondbacks and the plus price. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, that's the only, that that's kind of my approach. I don't think I'm going to do that, uh, but that's the only option I would have if I was going to actually okay. wager. Um, I'm going to ask you probably the most basic question I've ever asked you, so I apologize ahead of time. Um, do the Cardinals have any chance this weekend? Uh, yeah, the chance is that this is a flat spot in the schedule okay. for the Ravens. Okay. That's the one case I can make for the Cardinals. Um, you know, needless to say, coming off the big win uh, against uh, you know, they're, they're, you know that, that was a big that was a major hype game. That was the game I was most looking forward to last Sunday, and the game yeah. was over like in three seconds. I mean, they had a twenty-eight day. They had a 28 to nothing lead against the Lions, and the Lions didn't even have a first down uh, at that point of the game. Unbelievable. Yeah, so if you want to play them, I guess you know, this is the time to do it. I also can make a case, though, the other side, though, that if the Ravens are interested, uh, I don't even know why they have to throw the ball. Uh, you know, they run That's the ball, and uh, the yeah. Cardinals' rushing defense has been atrocious uh, the last three weeks. You know, and, you know, it's just uh, been really bad. And I think part of it is they've lost some defensive linemen who aren't coming back this season. Uh, the linebacking thing, the, the, the inside linebackers are healthy now. And, you know, White has done a really good job this year, as I mentioned yesterday. But, 
you know, their their run defense has just been if you can't stop the run and, and you know, the Ravens are yeah, I know that they've got this new dynamic offense that they showed last week, but you know, still, you know, like any team uh, that is at least with a brain, uh, if you can't, if you're facing an opponent that has problems stopping the most basic running play, you just use the most basic running play until they stop it. Very true. Yeah, that second half against the Rams was uh, was something else from that perspective. Well, last um, week too, they gave up 100 yards rushing again. So I mean, true. this these last. You know, their rushing defense has just been really bad, and they're tackling. And I think this has to do with they're moving guys in and out, and they just don't have that many high-level NFL players. Their tackling has been really, really bad. And I think that's something that has gotten significantly worse as the season has continued. A question about your Buckeyes and what would normally be a flat spot um, off the win against Penn State. The issue that I have um, is outside the environment, night at Camp Randall. Wisconsin stinks. Um, they were lucky to win last week at Illinois, who's not any good. Obviously, Mordecai's hurt. Um, they can run the ball. Um, do you think there is a letdown here from the Buckeyes and this game can be competitive? Or the fact that Wisconsin isn't any good eventually takes over and Ohio State wins easily? Can I say both? <laughs> so, because okay. I think that both things could, things could play a role. I mean, when I looked at the schedule originally months ago, I thought, oh my God, they got to go to Wisconsin after they play Penn State. Uh, yep. And uh, you know, now they're going to Wisconsin after they play Penn State. It's also kind of Halloween weekend. And that I've been to games in that stadium during the day many years ago, but it hasn't changed much, okay. quite frankly. And that is a tough place. Uh, those people are crazy. Those people yeah. have fun. Uh, and it, like I said, Halloween weekend on a college campus. Uh, and, you know, that's a college town, obviously, in Madison. Yep. That uh, is a little concerning. The other thing, uh, I guess, if you're going to try to make a case for Wisconsin, which I guess I'm going to try to make here, is that yeah, obviously you know you know the coaching staff uh, <laughs> a lot of them are Ohio State former players right. uh, yeah, there's like four or five guys on that staff uh, they're yeah. former players at Ohio State so I don't know that they're not playing uh, if they if they were playing they would probably win the game <laughs> well now they're they're in their 40s so I don't know if they would win the game but uh, you know 40, 30s and 40s but anyway. Uh, they Ohio State should win, but I do think that the the scheduling spot. It, there's no way I'm going to bet on this, uh, either way, quite frankly, because of what you said about Wisconsin, and I just think that there's uh, not exactly the best scheduling situation for the for the uh, at least last uh, Saturday on defense, the mighty Buckeyes. Agree all around. Appreciate it as always, Bob. Enjoy the weekend. All right, thank you. Have fun in Austin. All right. I look forward to hearing from you. We get back. You can tell me, uh, all, well, maybe not on the air. You can tell me everything that happened, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, my wife might be listening. That would probably be a bad idea. Okay. Well, don't want that to happen. All right. Thank you. I'm glad she might be listening, though. That's good. All right. Thanks, Matt. Have fun. Thanks. All right. Take as care, I mentioned Mike. earlier, looks like the Suns, uh, at least listed as doubtful yesterday and this morning, uh, Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. Uh, for tonight's second game of the season, uh, of course, the NBA and you know, Booker's got you know, he has a foot problem, which uh, didn't seem to really bother him. Certainly down the stretch of the night, 
And Beal with the back injury already missed the first game. But uh, at least as of about an hour and a half ago, they were both listed as doubtful for tonight. That's unofficial doubtful, but that's kind of what apparently they said yesterday that uh, they would be considered doubtful. The NBA, as we anticipated, also announced yesterday that the Suns violated league rules uh, you know, regarding the timing of free agency, uh, free agency discussion, and uh, that they've now rescinded the 2024 second-round pick, uh, which was uh, Denver's original pick uh, that the Suns, I guess, acquired from Orlando uh, in a you know, prior trade, uh, but uh, no second-round pick for the Suns in 2024 because they had illegal discussions before free agency officially began with Drew Eubanks. So you basically are trading a second-round pick for Drew Eubanks, which seems about right. Uh, you, know, you would assume that the Suns' second-round pick uh, especially if it, you know, it's, you know, well, it's Orlando's pick. So, you know, who knows what Orlando's going to do, uh, during this season, but I don't think it would be a, uh, a major detriment, even though the Suns have, uh, I didn't even realize they even had a second round pick for next year. Cause I thought they just traded every pick that they had in the draft for the next five years or longer. Uh, so there's that, but it was officially announced uh, later yesterday. We anticipated that would be the quote punishment, Slap on the wrist as I did yesterday. I'm slapping my wrist now there. Uh, so that's uh, that was the uh, the official word yesterday afternoon about within like an hour after we uh, got done with the extra point yesterday. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update uh, with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's spectacular one-hour radio program. More spectacular stuff upcoming the next two hours and the extra point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. And uh, tomorrow, of course, it's the Friday spread, among other things. And also tomorrow, we'll preview in this hour at 9.15, uh, the World Series. Get the Rangers side of things from Jeff Wilson. Uh, you're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX, H, uh, KSLX, he tried to say, HD2 100.7. Uh, World Series Game 1, Gallon against Evaldi, the scheduled starting pitchers on Friday night at 5.03 on Fox. And Evaldi and the Rangers, a 160 or so favorite. Let's go with 160 consensus, at least in the state of Nevada. In this game, uh, the total sitting at eight. Uh, as far as the NFL tonight, as I mentioned, a lot of activity this morning. Uh, I'm still I'm seeing more nine and a halfs now than I even did a half hour ago. As far as the Bills and the Tampa Bay game tonight, this game moved this morning. Oh, sometime when I wasn't paying any attention between like eight and nine o'clock. Uh, so we'll see. There's even a ten now at circa. Uh, now that I look at the, the latest numbers from the state of Nevada. So I'm not sure if this is because of Baker Mayfield status or what's going on here. Maybe Vita Vea. We talked about that earlier in the hour when we previewed the Bills and uh, Bills side of things with Matt Perino. All right, quickly, a couple things uh, from the head, rip from the headlines and from the wire. Dusty Make Baker made it official yesterday, uh, retiring after 26 years as a major league manager. And this is not surprising, as I mentioned yesterday. This has uh, been. 
uh, bandied about in the rumor mill for a few months that this was going to be his last year. Jalen Hurts, remember he had that knee brace, brace, he tried to say, during the second half of the Sunday win in uh, the the Sunday night game against the, uh, the Dolphins. Hurts was a full participant in the Wednesday Eagles practice wasn't even listed on the practice report, so I assume that means it's he's good to go. Uh, the uh, Seahawks had another pass rusher. They added Frank Clark, uh, who was originally a Seattle draft pick in 2015 out of the University of Michigan. The Steelers looking to add offensive line and defensive back help before Tuesday's trade deadline. College football, a uh, hearing, uh, a hearing uh, is deter- in Michigan State is determined. Uh, that now former head coach Mel Tucker violated the school's sexual misconduct policy during his intera- interactions with Brenda, uh, Brenda Tracy, uh, who is the sexual assault prevention, you know, pre, uh, basically you know, somebody they brought in to talk about uh, things with the within the athletic department. So that's uh, kind of what we thought before. At least that's what the Michigan State people said yesterday. And also, uh, you know, James Harden. Joined his teammates for practice on Wednesday. His teammates still at the Sixers, uh, but he's not expected to play tonight at Toronto, uh, nor, uh, excuse me, tonight against the Bucks or Saturday against Toronto. The earliest that Harden can make his season debut apparently would be in the home opener on Sunday against the Portland Trailblazers. All right, stay tuned. The Extra Point with Kayla's coming up next. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. Broadcasting from the